What's up, Longhorn fans? Welcome to another recruiting breakdown. I am Trey Elling, joined as always by Justin Wells of Inside Texas, InsideTexas.com. The recruiting breakdown is brought to you by a great Longhorn mortgage professional, Gabe Winslow. Gabe is a diehard Texas ex with more than 20 years in the industry doing mortgages throughout the great state of Texas. Contact Gabe today and give him the opportunity to earn your business. Mortgage rates going down recently. It's a great time to give Gabe Winslow a call. Justin, always great speaking with you. How you doing this week? Doing well, brother. I, I you know, I think we're partially in holiday mode. Yeah. You know, I think people get like that with, with the Thanksgiving week, but um, we still have a game to cover on Friday. Recruiting is still going 24 hours a day. So um, for guys like you and me, it never stops. It seems like based on reading uh, current uh, recruiting updates that there's not much going on uh, in terms of a an official visit weekend for guys who are committed or maybe even prospective recruits. Is that typically the case on this Thanksgiving weekend? I know the game is no longer always in Austin. It changes year in and year out. But with the game being in Austin this weekend, do they ever host uh, official visits this weekend? I don't think so. And if they do, Trey, they are rare. Because, yeah. like, I mean, it's it's the holidays. There's not going to be a ton of recruits at the game on Friday because it's the day after Thanksgiving, you know. And, and so it, it, you, you try to push those back. If there's an important visitor, you push that to the first three weekends of December. You, you, you try not to, to – to, to, you know, uh, get you try not to. to, to uh, I'm trying to think of a good word, but it's still early. Um, don't mess with the family; they got they got plans. And so now, usually Texas doesn't host official visitors on this weekend for for good reason. Uh, there's just so much other stuff going on, and especially since they're focused on a game, a pretty big game with some with with some uh, conference title implications. Uh, if everything goes well on Saturday with Kansas and Kansas State. So, no, not not generally they don't. I can't remember a time they had before. They maybe have before, but usually they're going to push that back to the, to the next three weekends in December, which will be official visit weekends, which you'll see some so a, a lot of kids moving around trying to get in those visits pretty late uh, in those first three weekends of December. Certainly get into some of those visits happening in Austin here shortly. First, though, did want to talk a little bit about the Kansas game from Saturday. What a, a fun dominant performance to get to watch out of Bijan Robinson. Not going to lie, I'm a little bit disappointed they didn't try and force that issue a little bit more the week before versus TCU. But uh, Bijan has his best game as a Longhorn and a game that a lot of people on the Texas side felt like UT should win, but whether or not they would win was a completely different story because this was a conference game on the road, but they completely dominated. And that was really led by Bijan Robinson putting up an all-time performance. This game to me was indicative of the trajectory of Sark in his early tenure at Texas. He's 12 and 11 in Austin right now. And the first 11 games, he's four and seven. In the next 12 games, he's eight and four. And so to me, you know, you have to get back to that mentality that you should beat Kansas each Saturday you play them. And, and that's fully understanding that that's a really good team in Lawrence. I wouldn't say really. That's a that's a really solid team in Lawrence. Coach Lance Leopold's done a great job. Uh, Devin Neal is, is a dynamic tailback. Jalen Daniels is a dude. They've got some players there, Trey. And so I, I think it's one of those win-win type of deals where Texas is expected, obviously, to win the game. 
Uh, they were favored going into it. But at the same time, you can't take those games for granted anymore. We, we've seen Kansas, you know, trip up the horns twice in the last decade. So you, you, you have to be cognizant of that. But, man, you know, if you didn't think they weren't going to force feed Bijan Robinson the football, you hadn't been paying attention uh, because that was that was the plan A, plan B, and plan C. And, 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 and you would think that would be the, the plan all year, but I think it's taken this staff a little while to figure out, stop overthinking stuff. Yeah. You know, you've got the best tailback in the country. He's going to be the first running back selected in the NFL draft in April. Enjoy him, Texas fans. That 243 was beautiful. Four touchdowns is beautiful. He had two of his runs, the two, two of his best runs he didn't score on. He's just bouncing off of guys like a pinball machine. And there was a couple photographs with Quinn Ewers and, and, and Sark just watching kind of in awe. There's one photograph of, of Quinn just kind of watching him from behind. And that's I think we all kind of felt like that because we've seen Bijan do some crazy things. But you understand he's like 97 yards away from beating Jamal Charles in the all-time rushing category. And I think that puts him at number four, number five. It doesn't seem like he's been there that long, but he has. And, and, and if you're a Texas fan and, 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 you know, sports fan in general, you got to soak him up as much as possible because you have two, possibly three times more to, to, to watch him play in Texas. And, man, I'm like you. You know, we have to cover it for a living. But at the same time, it's fun just watching that guy because he's special. Those kind of guys don't come around too long. And I think if, if they didn't have the hiccup in T, against TCU, he's sitting in New York for the Heisman ceremony. I don't think he wins it. I think Caleb Williams is probably the is, is the slight leader in that race right now. But he certainly would have had a seat. But after, you know, two weeks ago, that's probably not in the cards anymore. Right now, though, Bijan is explosive. He's, he's, he's fun to watch. Texas fans better enjoy him because it's about to be an end. Yeah, he's moved this high on the all-time rushing list here at Texas, and he still has another season of eligibility. We're not talking about a COVID year of eligibility. <laughs> this is his third year running the football in Austin. And he didn't play two-thirds of his freshman year. <laughs> I, I hadn't thought about that. That's true. That's a great point. And, yeah, the Roshan Johnson injury on Saturday certainly helped force the issue that much more, but it felt like one of those games, much like with TCU last year, where yeah. Steve Sarkeesian realized he, he – as you just said, he needs to stop overthinking things. Stop trying to force too much out of Quinn Ewers in a given situation based on what's happened in the last month, but also because it was really cold in Lawrence. Uh, there was also uh, quite a bit of wind whipping around too, so it just wasn't all that conducive to throw the football. But why would you try and overthrow the football when you got a guy like Bijan performing like that? And it was evident from the get-go this last weekend. I, and, and that's what Sark did. He simplified a lot of things because I think Quinn took a step back against TCU. I felt like the Horn Frogs had a good beat on him. Yeah. I felt like they had a good a good idea of the play calling, actually. And so what do you do to settle down your freshman quarterback? You tell him to turn around and hand it off to a guy named Bijan. And that's what they did. And, and I, I think you're going to see a lot. I think you're going to see the exact same formula on Friday against Baylor. Matter of fact, I'd be shocked if you didn't. It's going to start up front. And that Baylor front – yeah, that front seven is pretty solid. And so this is, and Baylor's a good team too. So this is going to be an, an interesting matchup there because a lot of people will say, well, why do you force Bijan if you got eight or nine in the box? Well, because he still gets his yards with eight or nine in the box. And if, like I said, if, if you had a junior or senior quarterback that season, you could probably open it up a little more and do a little bit more things vertically. 
that's not what you have this year. They may have more of that next year when, when Mr. Robinson is new neighborhood is a pro team. But right now, um, that's how you settle down your quarterback. And, and sometimes it, it, it's the, the best coaching you do is not really coaching. It's just sort of putting in the simplifications and letting them figure it out. Yeah, doing the obvious. Well, the obvious is B. Sean yeah. Robinson. All right, Justin, we are a little bit less than a month away from National Signing Day 1. Longhorn's in great position right now with their 2023 recruiting class. What does Texas need to do to finish with a top five class? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I think everything they've done on the field is probably good enough right now. Uh, a win over Baylor will certainly help. A win in a bowl will, 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 wouldn't matter because that would be after after the signing period. But you know, if they were to some, if Kansas is somehow able to upset Kansas State and puts Texas in the Big Twelve championship game, I think that helps even more. But this class is almost full, and and there's maybe four or five spots left, maybe. And then you have to consider the portal because Texas is going to hit that pretty hard on the defensive side. And so right now, I think all they got to do is just keep it in cruise. There was a few bumpy moments in the, over the last few months. You had a few recruits, a few uh, commits taking visits elsewhere, which is totally normal, especially in this day and age. You know, Cedric Baxter took a, a handful of trips to Florida State, the school he used to be committed to, a school he grew up loving posted a video of Dalvin Cook, his favorite player. That's the reason he wears number four, but he wants to wear that in Austin. And so it's one of those things where Malik Muhammad was, was, was toying with the idea of taking the trip to Alabama. He was looking at still talking to Texas A&M. There's a handful of schools that were still trying to get him on campus. I think that one was pretty, I think that was pretty much locked in as well. And so it, it, it's one of those things now where, there's a couple more players on the board, big names, notably Anthony Hill Jr. I think that's the big one everyone needs to pay attention to. Justin Benton, uh, he's a guy that you need to, 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 to know. Uh, Tyler Scott, DB out of Georgia, is another kid that's going to come in on an official visit uh, in, in, uh, in early December. That's, a, um, th that's another guy they're monitoring. But right now, I think Anthony Hill's the big piece. It's not just closing with him. It's keeping all the other guys together. And I think – they had a little bit of rocky, rocky road there a couple times this year during the season. You know, kids kind of looking around a little bit, but I think that's normal. A lot of these kids committed way before the season started, and we knew there were going to be a handful of players that continue to look around after they they, they got their spot in, in June, July, or August. But now I think the, the waters have kind of calmed. And to me, I think the major focus is Anthony Hill, the uh, on-three consensus five-star linebacker out of Denton Ryan. Now, you will have posted a uh, deeper dive on Anthony Hill by the time this episode hits the On Texas Football YouTube channel. So uh, for those who maybe haven't read it just yet, uh, can you perhaps provide a little bit of a teaser on, on the latest with Anthony Hill and the Longhorns? Absolutely. We, what we did today is we did a fit and evaluation of how he would look in Austin if, if he does make that choice. Um, I feel pretty – I think Texas is in a great spot right now, Trey. Alabama is still coming. 
Texas A&M is still coming. Oklahoma is still coming. Uh, Oklahoma might wind up flipping DJ Hicks out of Katie Pato. So they, they've got a little bit of momentum right now. But I, at the end of the day, I, I still think Texas kind of has that that quiet lead. I think, you know, they finished second in this recruitment, if people remember. It was down to Texas A&M and UT back in the summertime. A&M got the, you know, the, they won it at that point. Then he decommits, sets his schedule, comes to see Texas last a uh, couple weekends ago. Absolutely loved it. His parents loved it. It was just what they had thought because they had been there so many times. Remember, Anthony Hill's been recruited for a long time. And, and if you ask his dad, hey, you going to take any trips? He's like, I hope not. <laughs> because that that family has traveled big time. And I think the coolest thing, one of the coolest things is his, his little brother, Landon. You know, we had talked about it before, but Anthony told me a couple of weeks ago that when when he committed, originally committed to AM, that Landon was upset. He was disappointed. And, and, and so when he got to Austin a couple of weeks ago, that they made sure to, to make Landon a, a prospect as well. And I think that's just that's what you have to do in this day and age. You, 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 that's part of recruiting. You know, you have to sell the program, sell yourself, sell the vision. Um, yeah, it's just mainly going to be because I think Hill is a guy that can play early at Texas, Trey. He's a guy that, that you know, you're, you're losing to Marvion Overshone. So there's going to need to be a spot there in the inside. Uh, there's going to need to be a guy that can come down on the edge on third downs. And so I think Hill is going to be a guy that if he does choose Texas, he would play early. And I think that, you know, he posted something on Instagram last night. It was a picture of Jalen Ford. And and he see, he likes those linebackers at Texas. He he likes what they do. He him and, He's gotten closer to those guys. A lot of people don't realize, yeah, he's got former teammates from Ryan in Austin and Jatavian Sanders and Austin Jordan. But he's close friends with a lot of those guys from seven on seven days. You know, back in the days with Ryan Watts and Savion Red and Xavier Bryce, there's a lot of burnt orange. Not to mention Alex Delatore, former coach out at Denton Ryan, former Longhorn, uh, played at Denton Ryan. He's at Wiley East now. I know he's got a little bit of a uh, of his ear a little bit too. And so you put all that together, and I think Texas is in a in a really good spot. They just have to finish strong. You know, keep keep, keep the the pedal on the metal and keep that uh, hashtag no gas all breaks. <laughs> it's so early <laughs> you mentioned Jalen Ford Justin and he's obviously put himself in position to be in the running for if not win big 12 defensive player of the year this year he still has another year of eligibility here in Austin how strongly do you think he's considering going pro after this season I don't think he's considering strongly at all okay uh, I, I fully expect Jalen Ford to come back um you know, Jalen Ford is he's one of those kids that he's really made he's made that that breakthrough this year and, and at a position that Texas really needed a breakthrough. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. And, and Ford has been that. I, I'm with you. I think he might win Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. He leads the conference in tackles. The last time I saw it, it was probably about a 20-tackle gap. Hmm. Uh, he has three interceptions, a number of tackles for loss. But he's just been so – he's been stable. Back there, and I think that's helped Overshawn. I think that's helped the front. 
uh, that, that that defensive uh, the defensive front. And I think it's helped the secondary. And so right now, I don't think Ford is ready for the NFL. I think Ford knows he's not ready for the NFL. Um, and one of the coolest things, you know, I catch up with his mother from time to time. Miss Yolanda is actually from Kilgore, Texas. She's an East Texas lady. And uh, she uh, she ran in the state track meet in the mid 80s. And so she's got some athleticism that she certainly passed down to, to her son, Jalen. And I just don't unless just something crazy happens. I don't expect Ford to, to test those waters this year. What did I ask about a couple of uh, individuals who may or may not end up as part of the Longhorns 2023 recruiting class? We've talked a lot about South Oak Cliff cornerback Malik Muhammad over the last couple of months now. A lot of folks squeezing that he may end up decommitting, end up at uh, Oregon or someplace else altogether. Are things cooled off there, and are you feeling pretty good about uh, Malik Muhammad ending up in this class? I'm feeling better about it after some talks over the weekend with, with people close to that recruitment. Um, and, and it wasn't to say I was feeling bad about it. Uh, certainly in early October, there was a little hedging there. But because with every recruiting class, there's going to be a handful of kids that potentially look around or potentially get processed or potentially just go another direction. Malik stayed stayed solid. And I think that I think that that's right there is, is pretty much where he's at. I think he's he's close to a lot of these 2023 kids. And, and that's another thing. If he was so apt to leave, I don't think he would be recruiting Anthony Hill as much as he is. If he was so ready to leave, I don't think he would talk to Jontae Cook almost every day. And so I think Malik is one of those that you can kind of relax a little bit. There's always surprises. And I think the first few weeks of December, there's going to be a flurry of them uh, across the country. Not so much in Austin. And, but I think that's the consistency. You know, with A&M basically falling off a cliff this year, you're going to see a lot of the, those recruitments kind of go down to the to the wire. With Oklahoma barely hitting mediocrity this year, I think you're going to see a lot of those recruitments kind of go down to the wire. As for Texas, you know they're in a, they're in a pretty solid spot right now. I think the players they they see the vision, they see the the, the trajectory, and they see the work on the field. They see the development at, at many positions, and I think that's what's probably going to keep these guys in the loop. Not to mention the number one player in the country, Arch Manning, the number one running back in the country, Cedric Baxter, and one of the top wide receivers in the country, and Jonte Cook. Great players want to play with great players. And I know Anthony Hill wants to play with a great group of defensive guys. And it, it, you, you put him in a linebacker room with Leona LaFau, Samaje Burrell, and Darian Gallette, that's damn, that's downright nasty. Sure. And Hill sees that. And I think the whole picture there helps Texas with, with some solidifying these guys down that final stretch. And one more guy, wide receiver out of Austin Westlake, Jaden Greathouse, current Notre Dame commit. Uh, there was a lot of noise a couple weeks ago when Colton Vosick flipped from Oklahoma to Texas that Greathouse may be close behind. Things seem to have cooled off uh, just in terms of the murmurs, but uh, how legit a shot does Texas still have to flip Greathouse? I think they have a shot. It's It, it may be dwindling by the, by the hour, but they still have a shot. Understand – Jaden Greathouse isn't going to mess with much with recruiting when he's in the playoffs. That is one of the most focused kids I've ever seen in my life. Uh, you want to talk about recruiting, it needs to be in the offseason because he, is, he, is, he has got a goal. He's got three rings. He wants to put one more. He just wants to walk around with four rings. And Austin Westlake is in a prime position to do that uh, to finish out the 2022 season. Texas has a shot. I think Notre Dame's looked better of late. And I think that that may have helped them out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Also, the fact that Greathouse would come in and play immediately 
in South Bend because they they really their their wide receiver depth is not there. They need a lot of young guys to come in and play early. I think that's enticing for Great House, and he's a bigger picture guy too. I just feel like if if Jaden was gonna pick Texas, I feel like he probably would have done it at this point. That's not to say he won't. It's just I don't I don't have the same optimism I did a month ago when I went and went to see him and, and Colton that morning in at Westlake. Um, but knowing Jaden, knowing te- Texas is not going to let up. Texas, th- this kid is a priority to them. He, they're going to recruit him through the whistle. And so that's what you have to remember. If, 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 there, if you see him pop up on campus any of those weekends in December, then this thing might get warmed back up. But right now I feel like he's probably headed to Notre Dame. Texas is not going to stop recruiting him, though. They're going to continue to shoot their shot. And last thing, Justin, it can apply to recruiting or it can just apply to life in general. But uh, I'm a sucker for Thanksgiving. It is my favorite holiday uh, amongst the many holidays throughout the course of each and every year. So my question for you is maybe an obvious one this time of year, but it's still good to give thanks. It's good to give thanks daily, much less on the week of Thanksgiving and certainly the day of Thanksgiving. What are you thankful for, I guess, in life and then also with Texas football? Man, you know me. I'm a blessings-based person. Yeah. I think everything's a blessing. I, I, I'm blessed for, for health, for my son, for my job, for our opportunities, our careers, our, our home, You know the, the way God provides for, for, for us on a daily and, and hourly basis. I'm thankful for this wonderful opportunity to, to get to talk to you a couple times a week and hang out with you. I'm thankful for... Thanksgiving dinner. I'm thankful for cranberry sauce with my turkey and dressing. I'm thankful for for chocolate pie. I am definitely thankful for the Dallas Cowboys putting together a pretty damn good season this year and and playing the Giants on on, on Thanksgiving evening. I'm looking forward to that. And overall, you know, my main thing is my son. I'm so thankful for for Alexander and, and the the young man he's turning into, and so and I knew you, I knew I, I know you, I've known you for a while now, and I know you're a big Thanksgiving guy like me, and so I want to know, I want to hear your list of blessings. What are what are you the most grateful for heading into this uh, Turkey Day? There's the obvious, the health and happiness of of uh, family, kids, of course, having a roof over our heads. You know, Texas football wise, I'm thankful that there seems to be more optimism than pessimism right now with yeah. regards to the direction Steve Sarkeesian has this program going in. I'm thankful we've gotten to watch Bijan Robinson for the last three years. I'm thankful that the play at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball <laughs> is, it may not be championship caliber football just yet, but it's heading in that direction. That is in, an incredible thing to see. And professionally, I am beyond thankful that I get to be a part of the Inside Texas team by hosting a number of shows on the On Texas Football YouTube channel. And that is uh, certainly highlighted by the weekly conversations that you and I still get to have as well. So uh, thank you for the part that you have played in all of that, Justin. And uh, I love you, brother. It's uh, we're, I'm going to say it a couple days early, but happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Hey, man. Nothing but love. That, 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 that's my call sign for you, my man. 
He is Justin Wells. Check him out on InsideTexas.com. I am Trey Elling. The recruiting breakdown is brought to you by a great Longhorn mortgage professional, Gabe Winslow. Gabe is a diehard Texas X with more than 20 years in the industry doing mortgages throughout the great state of Texas. Contact Gabe today and give him the opportunity to earn your business. Longhorn fans, thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, do click that thumbs up button there. And also make sure to subscribe if you haven't already to the On Texas Football YouTube channel. We will talk to you next Tuesday. In the meantime, have yourselves a great rest of the week, a phenomenal Thanksgiving. Let's beat those Baylor Bears on Friday. Hook them.